0: Because it's so good. I feel that you
1: enjoy your job making your listeners happy. Best
0: English radio in Moscow or in the whole wide world. This is Capital FM Moscow Uh, 105.3. We speak English. We play a hit.
2: Capital FM. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hello Timmy O, and welcome to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. I am Alan Moore, and I'll be your guide, your yogi, or your yoga, whatever it is, for the next two hours of the very best news, views, reviews, previews, and interviews in the world of sports. And what a show we have for you tonight! Thanks. So the clock's changing in Ireland and the UK we still have live EPL games going on right now with about well just under 20 minutes to go in all the games so far it's Arsenal 2 Crystal Palace 2 Arsenal conceding two goals are going 2 up Liverpool have come back against Tottenham Hotspur it is 1-1 in the 73rd minute Norwich City they're trailing to Manchester United 2-0 at home at Carroll. Road so good going there Oli guller right Moving quickly along, we've had today not one but two Moscow derbies. We've also had a World Cup, uh, a World Cup Rugby semi-final. Plus, starting now in just a couple of moments, the Formula One Grand Prix in Mexico. Where? Mercedes Lewis Hamilton he can seal his sixth driver's title taking him into second place in the overall standings of all time great right behind uh, Michael Schumacher who's on seven he starts third in his car behind the Ferraris of Leclerc and Vettel Verstappen was of course put down after um, breaking, a, uh, breaking the rules breaking a yellow flag he was put down into fourth place given a penalty Russia's Daniel Kvyat in his baby Red Bull he starts in ninth place so how will we handle this sports overload, folks? Well, in just a moment, we're going to go over to the Air Day Arena to speak with S.C. Loquan press secretary, Kyo Bredo, a very good friend of our show. We then have Andrew Flint to discuss the Cisca-Dinamo match. In part two, we get the final scores from England with Paul Littleby for chatting sports, documentaries and football with Raf of off the ball. That'll be in part three. At 10 o'clock, we'll go to Ontario to Mr. Alex B for some UFC and baseball scandals that really will make us think a wee bit. In part five, we catch Isol Cody. She is at the NFL game in Wembley and she's going to speak about Conor McGregor. Of course, he was here this week. And of course, a man who met him, Mr. Danny Armstrong. And we're going to get his view on the fallen star from Cumberland in Dublin from Dublin 12, of course, which is where he comes with proper 12. But anyway, we'll go into that later on. In part six, we will speak Everton with James Corbett. And finally, he's back with us, Mr. Andy Mackey. We will give us our sports picks. Now, folks, we do know, we do know that um, it is... okay. so an update. Man United have just scored a goal before we go over. So it's 3-0 to Man United with around 15 minutes to go. Thank you, Double N, for that one. Right, uh, we're going to go over to the RJ Day Arena because, of course... um, earlier on Siska, they were shocked at home by Dynamo Moscow 1-0 but of course all our eyes were on the other one across the far side of Moscow in the east of Moscow at Chekizovo at the the Arena the game between Lokomotiv Moscow who were table toppers going into the game against hated rivals Spartak Moscow Kiro Bredo, just what happened today
4: yeah good evening my friends well actually, actually we got the results we didn't expect but uh, that's football you know it sometimes happens When you win a lot of matches in a row, sometimes you think that it's not even possible to to lose. And maybe there's not uh, my opinion, maybe in some heads of our pool players there was the same opinion. Maybe uh, uh, it harmed us, but, well, you know, sometimes it happens, so what can I add? To to talk about football, to talk about the the formation, the the way how players uh, did it, that's not my area, you know.
3: (laughs) Listen, you're speaking reality and you're not talking about like, you know, figures of X's and O's on a board. You're talking hard facts and, of course, the mentality and emotions that go on around the club because for two years, Loco hadn't lost at home. Is that correct?
4: We had the fantastic results at home. Uh, uh, you, you, no, we, we lost to Rostov like two months ago, but uh, playing with Spartak, we didn't uh, win uh, five years in a row. So, of course, uh, our main goal was finally to win in Moscow Derby, and everything was really good before the match. But, well, as, uh, as I watch football for more than 25 like, years, I see that sometimes when everything is so clear, these cases are not
3: clear, you know. That's how it works. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I watched the whole game. Uh, I would have thought that Guillermo he was at fault for the first goal where he kind of came out when he shouldn't have come out, of course. It, of course, we know the game ended 3-0. And Ponce, of course, his breakaway was absolutely amazing because he, he gave the pass to get the pass back. It was a lovely one too. Um, Larson, of course, the son, um, Jordan Larson, the son of the great Henrik Larson, of course, from um, Celtic uh, Sweden, of course, Manchester United, he was he was phenomenal today. So the other two, the second two goals, I, you know, there was no fault whatsoever. It was just really well taken. Um, do you think that this this was you know coming on the back of a, a difficult loss in in uh, Turin, where realistically, Locomotive played very very well, and in a spell of around ten minutes, you know, were, were robbed of, of a great victory on Italian soil.
4: Well, you know, maybe we really faced. Uh, today's the problem of uh, lack of emotions, man. Yes, of course it's Sparbeck, it's it's Moscow Derby, but when you play in Turino with Juventus with Cristiano Ronaldo, and you have all the chances to win, and uh, but, but still you lose. Uh, emotionally, it's very difficult. So our guys uh, try to find emotions to play in our way. Uh, of course, we wanted to play uh, in a positional football uh, as, a, as a first team, because we also played at home, but but we, we can see the first goal. So after that, it would like the situation, or we would make a draw. Uh, otherwise, we just can lose 2-0 or 3-0. Because it's how it works, you know. If we, if we play on contra-attacks, uh, a lot of space is uh, behind, so it's possible. You know, I, I will football together with our players, Boris Rotenberg and Dmitry Zhivagad of our fullbacks. Uh, one was injured, another one was disqualified. Unfortunately, so, and we discussed it to each other, and we found that it's, it's a really risky situation. When you try to to, to score an equalizer, of course, it's, there is a high risk to, to consider more. So well, here, I don't see any difference between uh, like losing 1 0 or 3 0, no matter. I don't uh, get any points. We have to go. Exactly.
3: Listen, I, look, I, I worked many, many years ago in Malta, working with a very good Irish coach named Roddy Collins. And we lost to Valletta, our hated rivals. I mean, this is like, you know, this was like dreadful loss. I think we are beaten, it was 4 0. And he, he just kept attacking to the end, which I saw Locomotive doing today as well. I mean, the, all the goals you can see were breakaway goals. They weren't, you know, that they were being under pressure. They were attacking and got caught on the break. And the same thing, we lost. And he said, I'd rather lose 5-0 than 1-0 and be happy with a 1-0 loss. I mean, look, look today. Uh, now, Liverpool have just scored to go 2-1 ahead. Mo Salah has scored there in the 75th minute um, against Spurs. Spurs, you know, they're a team very, very low in confidence and they scored the goal. But, oh, we've just lost it. We get Kirill back. Yeah, we're going to get Kiro. Kiro, you're back in line. Kiro, I was just,
4: um, uh, yeah,
3: yeah. just, say, just saying that, that you know, like, um, you know Liv- like Liverpool now have just gone back and, they're, you know, they're, of course, they're leading now to one against uh, Spurs. They went 1-0 down. But again, you, you had a, a Spartak team that was coming in on a bit of a bounce, new coach, um, new energy, and it was unfortunate. I, you know, if you'd caught, in, you know, caught Spartak maybe two weeks ago, it would have been a whole different story, or, or maybe I'm wrong.
4: Of course, uh, you know the 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 thing that I really hate is football to play with new teams under new coaches because it's not possible to prepare. You don't know how the, the way they they're gonna play. So uh, and th- this way to to outscore Juventus, the only thing possible is to play for maximum you know, in terms of emotions. They have to be focused uh, on every tackle. The same as with Spartak. And of course, we are just uh, playing in Russian Premier League. Our teams are not ready to to play. On such level twice a week, so Spartak did it once a week and they succeeded. That's
3: it. Well, that's 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 the whole thing because if you if you look at if you look at the side, I mean, you're now okay looking at the table. Krasnodar, of course, we know they're playing this one-one between them and Orenburg right now down in Krasnodar. But you're, you're you're still in second place. You're going to go into the winter break, you know, chasing for like you're know, pushing for that um, for a, at least a Champions League spot, if not still fi- you know fighting in there for the title. Um, so. You know, I, I, do you think that maybe, like once, once, like everyone here, everyone speaking to me about what's going to happen, like locomotive to in, in a week's time, Juve are going to come here. So maybe the players, do you think maybe they lost a bit of focus, maybe as well as being tired from like two massive games in one week?
4: Well, nobody of players uh, will confirm the fact that they had some lack of emotion, some lack of focus on the game. That's that's not possible. But it's, uh, it's something that we have inside. It's a question of mentality. It's a question of physics also. You know, because the, uh, the amount of games uh, of high intensity that we had last time is so much. And uh, let's count injuries that we had. Yes, we, don't, we still don't have smaller. We still don't have Anton Miranchuk. We had problems uh, with Grzegorz Kravković, with Hervedes, with Alexey Miranchuk missing one month, with Rifadzha Miledinov also missing one month. So here, all the players that uh, were today on a pitch, they play all the games in a row, all the games in a row. The majority of them are also national team players. So it's very difficult. It's just very difficult. It's just you know, all of parts are, are humans, and it's.
3: <laughs> well, I, this, I, I agree with that because I mean, there's only so much you can stretch the human body before. Snaps. So, um, finally, before we let you go, Kira, and again, thank you so much for coming for coming on the air. Was because I mean, it's it's tough having to do that, but always you're 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 one of the people in football who you know works for a club and just comes out and calls it as it is, and that's that's better than anything you'd ever want. Um, next week, of course, next Saturday, you're away in Bashkortostan against Ufa. Um, do you think that this will be, this will be a chance now for, for, the, for the, to get a bit of momentum going into that home game, of course, against Juve, which, of course, is, is on the 6th of uh, November?
4: Yeah. Well, uh, I think that in football, well, the most important thing is that how you react to some actions. Or, you know, action-reactions. The most important thing is how to react. You can lose, but you can't lose uh, too much in a row. Yes, you can, uh, you can lose in a such way, okay? But the, the the most important thing is how will the team will react. So let's see in Opa, because it's really difficult to away match, and after that we have Juventus, and it's gonna be really interesting because uh, from one point of view our team understood that it's possible to play with with this Juventus. Yes, it's possible even to win, or okay, let's fight for the points. Let's say like that. But also Juventus understood that Juventus is not kind of the team that they can easily outscore. So it's, it's be. It's be a fantastic match, and yeah, uh, well, you know, I I really really feel sorry for all the people that still uh, tr- are trying to achieve uh, to find tickets on the stadium.
3: But <laughs> there's but lots of them
4: because it's
3: sold out. Listen, um, listen, Kirill, fingers crossed that you know you're going to get a, a decent result out for for out in Bashkortostan, and we look forward to when you put a bit of manners on uh, Mr. Cristiano Ronaldo at the Ergo Arena.
4: Well, to be honest, I'm a massive fan, so <laughs> for me, <now>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, look, let's not talk about fandom. don't <laughs> Listen, Kiro, thank you very, very much, and uh, best of luck next weekend. Okay, that was Kirill Bredo, the press secretary of FC Lokomotiv Moscow. Now, while we're waiting to get Mr. Andrew Flint on the line, because, of course, the other big game of the weekend, of course, was also in Moscow. It was Siska and Dinamo. Now, it, was a, it ended up 1-0 to Dinamo, which pulled them out of the automatic relegation place, because, of course, we know they went into the game second last. Now they have moved up ahead. Now, as I said, that game in Krasnodar, between Krasnodar and uh, Orenburg, that's a big one, because if Krasnodar win, they will... They will go ahead of uh, Lokomotiv. I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough one for them to to do it. Um, they're going to come back. It's 1-1 one, one right now. So... You know, right now, the table sits Zenit are first on 32 points Rostov, they are in second on 29 Lokomotiv are also on 29 Siska, they have slipped a little bit They're in fifth place on 26 points Spartak have moved up the table As we remarked last week It's so close in that middle of the table Bunch chasing the Europa League spot Spartak now have 18 points in seventh place Let's see what happens in Krasnodar We're going to go right away to to, man, to Mr. Andrew Flint Who's not on a Platz cart this week He is on the phone with us Andrew, um... You were you you've been you've been following the games all day today. You you you're in shock what happened in Moscow today. Am I right?
5: Uh, just a little bit, yeah. That's a bit of an understatement. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the biggest shock was how expansive Spartak Moscow were on the break. And um, but I'd say it's almost as much of a surprise that um, that the Dinamo was solid. They they didn't seem unduly troubled. They had a lot of work to do, but they did it pretty well. Um, so, I, I really did not see this coming at all. I predicted the complete opposite to this happening. So, I have to hold my hands up and admit I've got it wrong this time.
3: Yeah, well, no. Well, listen, we, 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 sort of, uh, we were told that Sparta would get a good bounce from uh, our German man, um, Ronan Murphy, last week. And he said they've got a very yeah. good coach now t- with Tedesco. He, he basically said this is going to be very, very tough. We, we all did think, even Danny Armstrong um, fe- felt that this could be a bit of a hammering for Spartak, but turned around the other way. Now, Dinamo, of course, winning today, I mean, um, with a, an ex-Spurs player scoring a goal, of course, um, in G. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's good for Dinamo because, I mean, they, they needed to get out of that funk because they were in a bad way. They didn't get that new coach bounce. So they needed that win, didn't they? They really need to get back on track.
5: Oh, absolutely. Uh, they were really looking in trouble because, um, I mean, right down the bottom of the table, uh, I mean, Tammov got a result at the weekend. Uh, Akron Grosny, I know they're not winning consistently, but I think they're starting to slowly grind into gear. So they're not going to be hanging around at the bottom for too long. Um, so, you know, they, Dynamo needed to start making ground. Otherwise, we'd be getting towards the winter break and suddenly... You know, there's only, what, 12 games, 11 games after the win's break, and who knows what the mood will be then. Dinamo needed that win desperately. Uh, but to be fair to them, to be fair, they were, like I say, really, really solid. Um, they, had, they made 17 interceptions to, to four interceptions from Tierska, for example. Um, That's 11, it. 11 of them That's I it. thought was interesting One on the left flank for Tierska, Oblakov and Aquitov were out there, and they lost the ball quite a lot. But
3: that was organisation well again you know do you know they, they Come in they're, they're playing a tighter uh, brand of football just so we know that uh, you'll be happy to know Arsenal have uh, gone ahead against Crystal Palace of course they were leading earlier on they were leading uh, 2-0 then it came back to 2-2 so Socrates has scored uh, to make it 3-2 of course um, it's still it's still two one Liverpool Spurs and Norwich City three uh, 0 down against um, Manchester United. We'll speak about that in the second part, of course. But Andrew, just look at the the, the table right now. So we'll we'll say Krasnodar at least get a win. Um, it's it's leaving it increasingly difficult for Siska to stay or, to, or, or sorry for Spartak to stay in touch with the Champions League places. And it's going to be tough to try and get past Ural to get into the Europa League place. Or, or maybe I'm reading it wrong.
5: Well, uh, I think it's, a, it's going to change a lot uh, after a performance like that today um, from Spartak. The, the organisation of their counter-attack was absolutely phenomenal. And if they can keep that up, then you know, the, all of our expectations for their season could be completely overturned. Um, I'm not gonna get swept away too early because we know Tedesco said he's gonna be cautious first. I know a scoreline, like three nil away from home, doesn't look cautious, but the way he's setting the team up, um, He has to be. he's gonna rely on a lack of possession. They, they only had forty percent possession today, for example. Um, and it won't always work. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge to get to Champions League places at this point. Eight okay. points is a big gap still. But We'll a see. lot of drop
3: points above them that, that goal of course uh, was chalked off by VAR in the Arsenal game so it's still 2-2 two, two. right we're going to go out to the break right now Andrew's going to come back with us in the second part um, and then we'll, of course go to Paul Little as well so we're going to go out to the break right now with Republica and ready to go because we're ready to go to break and ready to update with sports after this
2: Capital Sports with Alan Moore
6: Идти на Майлд, где бы ты ни был, даже в душе.
4: Каждое утро на 105 и 3 ФМ. Снова 7 F-M. The one and
0: only English-speaking station in Moscow. Капитал
2: FM. Капитал Sports With Alan Moore.
3: Okay, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to part two on Moscow's Capital FM. And of course, this is Capital Sports. I'm Alamor. Double N is keeping the lines flowing with us today. If you have any questions or any, any comments on, of course, what we're discussing today or even any questions you want to ask one of our guests, plus seven, nine, two, five, one, 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 zero, five, three. Okay, one on five, three. Of course, that's our call sign on the FM, uh, on FM. Okay, uh, Andrew Flint is still on the phone with us. But before we do, as I said, we're counting down to the start of the 4-1 Grand in 42 minutes, exactly right there as I spoke, 42 minutes. That game in Krasnodar ended 1-1, which means that Krasnodar, they stay in fourth behind Lokomotiv. They are on 28 points. Orenburg they are just edging up the table, just they're one point ahead of Dinamo. They are in 12th place. Dinamo, of course, in 13th place on 14 points. Right, over in the English Premier League, Norwich pull the goal back. Okay, it's almost an injury time in those games. Um, it is. It's actually a full time result. Two one Liverpool Spurs. It's still two two. Just a, a few seconds to play in the Arsenal Crystal Palace game, and Norwich City still one three behind against Manchester United. Now we'll go back to uh, we'll go back to Andrew Flint on the phone in just one moment. Um, is Andrew Andrew? You're back on us. Correct. You hear us?
5: He hears us. Uh, just on, yes. Okay,
3: very good. So we thought you, you might have dozed off. Listen, um, okay, <laughs> that game in Crasendor ended one-one. Um, looking ahead to the week ahead, of course, in the uh, in in the Premier League, it's going to be tough for some sides because you've got. Um, I mean Dinamo there at home against Ahmad. You said like Ahmad looking to pick up points, but if Dinamo get a, a draw on that, that's okay. Lokomotiv they have a tough enough one out in Bashkortostan on Saturday. The game of Dinamo, of course, is at home in the VTB uh, Arena at two o'clock. At two o'clock, same time out in Bashkortostan, Ufa play Lokomotiv. Siska are up in Zenit at seven o'clock on Saturday evening. While Spartak Moscow on Monday night they are at home against Arsenal. Not the Arsenal who were drawing two two and blew a two nil lead. Of course, that's Arsenal from Tula now. Also, midweek, there is a whole round of Cup games, the last 16 of the Cup. Uh, The big ones for us, of course, Siska are home on Wednesday, 7 o'clock, kick-off against Ufa. Torpedo Moscow. They play the conquerors of Lokomotiv, Baltica. That is on Thursday at 7.30. And, of course, Spartak Moscow plays Rostov. We're going great guns in the Premier League. They're top of the Premier League, up just behind uh, Zenith. They are kicking off at 7.30 also on Thursday. Now, Andrew, quick before we let you go. Um, United, they've come back well. They've won. Like it looks like it's, it, it's a win today uh, away against Norwich. So there's a bit of stability it has. Mm-hmm. Just like the, the referee's blowing the full-time whistle there. Three-one against Norwich. Uh, Liverpool, of course, winning two-one. But that just shows maybe maybe United. Maybe we were maybe a little bit too harsh on Oli. Maybe he needs a little bit more time at the uh, control of the bus.
5: Well, I, I think he does. I've been consistent with that but, um, because he, he said himself, look, you need to give me at least two transfer windows to blood in the squad that I want. The personnel is coming there. He's tried out three at the back recently, and that's worked pretty well because we have had a bit more. Hit. And, you know, it's, it's only a matter of time before players with the pace and potential of Marcel and Rashford and Dan James can just tear teams apart. And I don't think we did tear Norwich apart as much we should have done. And that includes missing two penalties. So, it is only Norwich. It's nothing to get overly excited about, but it does mean it's another win on the board. It's a win away from home, which we haven't had many of in the last six months. So, people just need to be a little bit more patient before they jump on the bandwagon, I think. Including yourself? No, no, no. My bandwagon is supporting him. People i <laughs> on the bandwagon against Solskjaer. It's, it's, it's a popular, popular pinata to bash, I'd
3: <laughs> okay. Well, right now, right now, regardless of what happens, um, because it, there is just uh, just literally added on time, just five minutes of injury time added on in the Arsenal Crystal Palace game. No matter what happens there, um, United have moved up into seventh place. So that's that's quite a leap. I mean, you know, they, yeah, I mean, okay, they're leveling points with uh, Sheffield United, Bournemouth, and West Ham, but they are up into seventh place. So they're creeping back a bit, b- a bit more towards stability because. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I was looking thinking, geez, these guys are in serious trouble. Like, you know, they, they haven't won in a while. They haven't played well. And, you know, they could be in a relegation dogfight very, very soon. But do you think maybe that um, there, there might be some money made available in the transfer window in in, in the wind, in January and they could maybe get one or two players in and maybe ship out a couple of ones that they don't need?
5: I, I'm pretty sure there will be because the, the, the way the Glazers seem to operate is they, they like to make money available for signings in the hope that it will gain them a bit of popularity plus Solskjaer has been open about saying we need more more players which is painfully obvious uh, a striker would be a good option um, a centre midfielder a creative centre midfielder would be an option too um So I I imagine we probably will see some movement. It's never, you know, traditional wisdom says don't do most of your business in the winter transfer window. But United do need to develop a squad quite significantly still. So I expect there will be money made available. Whether there will be the right value to be found in winter, I don't know. But uh, I expect we'll see something happen at least.
3: Okay, um, finally before we let go, Andrew um, looking, looking back at last week I mean, it was a pretty awful week for Russian clubs in Europe I mean, Krasnodar flopping Siska the same uh, Zenith and Loco I mean, you could I mean, almost understand that they, they didn't win Lokomotiv sort of went closest um, in, in terms of like, the season Do you think it's a bit of a write-off now for, for Russian clubs? Or do you think maybe that Lokom- like, Which of the, 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 the four teams Have a chance to, to, to make it into um, The springtime in Europe?
5: Well, I think Zanita looking pretty good. Um, I think their their performances are better than what we've expected uh, at this level. So, Tisca, I think, is is a massive, massive disappointment. Um, and also, you've got to bear in mind the, the coefficient points. They make such a big difference. Portugal have now overtaken Russia. So, um, you know, if clubs don't realise how important this is for Russian clubs as a whole, they're going to lose a European place if they're not careful. Uh, um, but I, I, I have faith that Zanik can, can get out of their group. And I, I wasn't sure I would say that. Loco as well have shown a lot of promise. I know they lost away to Juve, but the performance was far, far better than we expected. And they frustrated Juventus uh, until very late on. Too much of genius from Paulo Dybala, really so I'd even say locomotive, if they, if they can pick up some uh, a bit more confidence then you never know they might be in with a shout to qualifying too
3: okay listen Andrew thank you so so much you uh, keep warm take care of yourself out right there and we'll be back with you next week
5: can't wait looking forward to it already
3: OK, that was Andrew Flint, of course, from Heart of Footy. You can uh, he, Well, we've tweeted all that already, so you can have a look at that. A lot of good stuff. Now, we're going to get Paul a Little on the line to round up those uh, English games for us in just a moment. Uh, from around Europe, there have been some big results, and there's a game still going on right now. AS Roma at home against AC Milan. AC Milan, who, if, we're, if, we, if, if we believe what we've been told, that it could be a... a, a, a How do you say... Um, that they could be bankrupt in the next, well, month because they are almost 1 billion in debt. They can't even service the interest. They are 2 1 down in the 72nd minute against AS Roma. Okay. Uh, further, uh, well, <laughs> it's 0-0 uh, between Sevilla and Getafe in uh, La Liga. Um, in Germany, well, I mean, Borussia Mönchengladbach, who are, like we see there at the top of the table, they are leading 2-1 against Eintracht Frankfurt. So that's good for them. Um, there have been, some, of course, uh, one little game that will start at 11 o'clock tonight, which I think is one, a kind of a bit of a classic one. PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, are playing Marseille. So if you can get online and you can find that feed, have a look at it. Now we're going to go right away, right away uh, to Wicklow up in the mountains to Mr. Paul Little because he has a lot to, to, to talk about. Paul, um, welcome back onto Capital Sports. Uh, quick question: Are you satisfied with that Liverpool fight back?
6: Yeah, you got to be, Alan. Uh, it, it, you know, it was a tough one. They're making it tough for themselves at the moment. Um, maybe not playing as well as they can. Although I thought they were better today than they were last week, but uh, it was a tough game. I thought Spurs uh, maybe surprised themselves by getting such an early goal uh, and you can see that they're really lacking in confidence and it wasn't until they actually fell behind that they played well again. So I think Liverpool worked very hard to get back in the game, uh, got to the goals they deserved, I think, and it was a deserved three points, but it was a bit of a slog.
3: Okay, I mean, I mean, it's it's good to... To, to, to at least get through that because Liverpool showed last week that you know, even when, they, when it was an, a mucky, dirty game and it was like a tough one, they still got that point uh, you know, away from home. So, I mean, it was, it was a good one. Um, United, of course... Yeah, they,
6: no, they did the same against... Sorry, just they, I <laughs> mean, they, they've played Leicester in the last few weeks as well and United and Spurs. So, picking seven points from nine when they haven't necessarily been at their best, although I think, again, better today, I think uh, is probably a good sign for the season.
3: I mean, if you look at, like, talk with Leicester. I mean, Leicester are going great guns. They won 9-0, of course, on Friday night. And it could have been double figures at one point. I mean, it was getting quite, quite bad against Southampton. So, I mean, we also like, that that game against Sheffield United, which, of course, went against Sheffield United when the keeper let the ball through his legs. But at the same time, Liverpool never gave up and they kept fighting. And maybe this is, we spoke about it last year and the year before, that this, you know, that this Liverpool team is getting better as it goes on. And the fact that now Mo Salah is back, you know, he's scoring goals and doing well. Do you think that maybe Liverpool they have that little bit extra to 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 go that final step and win the league again?
6: Well, I mean, it, it probably very much depends on whether City, uh, you know, whether City can reach the heights of last season uh, as well. I, I feel like City are have a vulnerable look about them at times. So I think that this there is a chance for Liverpool, obviously, and with you know a six point gap. Um, you know it's in their hands but it's very early at the same time they've got City coming up now in two weeks time so that's going to be a massive game and if they could win that uh, obviously that you know gives them a massive advantage but there's a long way to go and they had a lead last season as well so I, I think we wouldn't uh, count chickens just at Allen I think
3: Okay so as as would say we'll put the cat in the bag we won't uh, let it That's out it. just That's yet um, So all, like United now they've picked up four points out of the last two games because we win today 3-1 away um, against Norwich City and you have like Marshall and Rashford getting on the score sheet Um do you think that maybe this is the moment when United start to find their feet, or is it just that they need to realize that for the next season or maybe two or maybe three or four that they 're going to be a Europa League team, and you know until they sort of get things right off the field that they they 're not going to they 're not going to rise above that
6: well, if we were just take this season alone, Alan, I think that it 's probably a little. They they need a run of games, really. I mean, uh, they picked up, obviously, four good points in the last two games. Against Liverpool, they were good, but in the kind of a way where they were... I suppose they had to really just fight, uh, and they couldn't afford to go out in front of their own fans and be embarrassed by Liverpool. So, they played well, uh, and they, they, you know, deserved their point in that game. They're probably disappointed they didn't actually win it in the end. Uh, Against Norwich, we've seen what Norwich are like this season. I'm not surprised that United won that game, so... They're four good points, but I think that you want to see them go on a run of you know five, six, seven, eight, nine games uh, before you could judge them at the moment. Overall, you still can't help feeling that maybe they don't have the right man in the job in terms of Solskjaer. And then above him, obviously, there are issues too. I think, uh, I've said it to you before, I think that the biggest mistake they've made is, is I, I don't know whether Solskjaer is going to be a massive success or not, nobody can know for sure. I think when you're hiring a manager and you're at a club like Manchester United, you can't be taking a gamble on somebody. You'd imagine they'd be going after somebody who has a track record in a club their size, and instead they've gone for somebody who might be good, who might not be good. And that surprised me, I have to say. They panicked into that move. So I think they still have to get that right. Um, I don't think he's going to be there long term. And I, I suspect they're going to need other changes as well before they can ever compete uh, with the rest again.
3: But there was that thing that I remember um, Ivan Chitkov from Sports Daily uh, in St. Petersburg, he said that when Mancini came to um, Zenit, that he said, we need, uh, uh, we, like when we need like kind of a, a Lada Neva or an Uaz, like a sort of a Russian-made Jeep to get across like the, the frozen Russian <laughs> wastes. And instead we bring in a Ferrari. Do you think that maybe United needed a Ferrari instead of a, a Volvo? Well, I mean, Volvo Swedish, but like, or yeah. not even a Volvo. Yeah, see, whatever the Norwegian.
6: Uh, yeah, I don't know what Norwegian make a car there is, but I, I think, I mean, they've had they've missed opportunities the last couple of seasons. If you, I mean, right from when Ferguson left, they seem to have made bad decision after bad decision, or maybe timing of decisions being poor. Um, I think that they, they, I mean, you think that as a club they should have been able to get some like Guardiola, but they let City get in ahead of them. Um, okay, they got Mourinho, but you feel like Mourinho on a downward spiral when they got him. Van Gaal, similarly. Uh, And then uh, there are managers, I mean Klopp went to Liverpool, Pochettino went to Spurs and they, I would have thought United would have the wherewithal to attract away a big manager uh, and they don't seem to have made that kind of move. I don't know whether it's a kind of paralysis above or they don't want to take in somebody. It's hard to say, maybe people don't want to go there just at the moment as well, which is always an issue too. but I, I think uh, they do need a Ferrari um, and they do need, I suppose, a stable period under a, under a quality manager. And a manager, perhaps, with you know, real strength of character. I still think Pochettino is probably the man they should be chasing. Um, and, and perhaps they are. And I'd say sooner or later, you'd imagine you'd go there. Even just looking at Spurs, you still don't feel like they're quite right. Whatever's going on there, uh, there's a lack of confidence, for sure, in that team. Uh, and they're not as forceful and dominant as, as we've seen. They don't impose themselves, I don't think, on teams the way they have. So work rate clearly seems to have dropped. So maybe maybe things we know we feel they're not right, quite, quite right there so it might be coming right for a time for a move for the right time
3: Well there were rumours Paul uh, just before we go away there were rumours that uh, Pochettino if, if he loses against Liverpool and of course next week um, next weekend uh, Spur, like you know, sport should be picking up points all around the place but next weekend they have a game it, I think it's on Sunday and he's kind of like he was there was this rumour that he was given a couple of games to sort things out in the dressing room because of course they're away against Everton um, next Sunday night uh, but I don't know, it remains to be seen. Paul, listen, final question before uh, we go away. Um, when is the book going to come out? Because, you know, from, <laughs> from your articles writing, your, your, your articles that you've been writing and you've written in the past, I'm really expecting a great book. So can we expect it maybe for next Christmas on the shelves? Do you have a topic in mind, Alan? Oh, we, we'll, we'll speak about this off air. <laughs> we'll speak about off air. Listen, Paul, thank you so, so much for giving your time. And uh, we'll talk to you again very, very soon. Thanks for having me on. See you now. Bye. Yeah, that was Paul Little, of course, who, uh, you know, again, one of the great journalists around the place, one of the great writers as well, someone that he can, he can work magic with words, that's all I can say, and he's also a brilliant, brilliant football mind as well, and doing a lot of work with uh, children's football as well in Ireland. Uh, right, we're going to go out, because it's plus 12 in Moscow, but it's already nighttime, of course, but we're going to brighten ourselves up a little and lift everyone's spirits in Moscow who's listening to us tonight, and around the world, because we're going to go out with a bit of Smash Mouth and walk it on the sun, and we're we'll back with Raf the Yellow after this.
2: Sports with Alan Moore. It ain't no joke, i like to buy the world a token, teach the world to sing in perfect harmony, and teach the world to snuff the fires and the lawyers, hey I know it's just a song but it's fast for the rest of me. This is a love attack, I know when our body's back, it's just like any back. it retracts before impact, and just like fashion, it's a passion for the wizarding. If you got the goods, they'll come in, buy it just to stay in. tears because the baby's life has been red the bond is broke got so choke up and foe guess on the close up mr wills i can't reform
3: Okay, welcome back to part three of Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. Of course, Capital FM, the top English language radio station, not just in Russia or not just in Moscow, but around the world. Because I mean, this radio station rocks. It rocks twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. This is the best, and we're very, very lucky to work here. And of course, uh, the great thing is with our music mix, we've got a message in right now saying, "Guys, loving the music." So there you go. So we're we're, we're lifting somebody's day and evening. Now we're going to go to Diallo in just a moment. As I said, we're down to the start of the 23 minutes and 5, 4, 3 so on seconds, uh, to the start of the Mexican Grand Prix, where Lewis Hamilton could go second in the all-time standings for the driver championships. Right. Um, we will just look now to have a look to see if there is any updates in uh, scores in Italy and so on. Uh, we will go to Raffaella because one thing that Raffaella and his colleagues have, have been doing, have been producing wonderful wonderful uh, sports documentaries and they're well worth listen. Now, during in the summer, they did one where I was actually standing at the um, the admissions campaign or the admissions, com- admissions commission even uh, for the Russian State Social University and I was there and we, we did part of the It was like 15 years ago when uh, Hajduk split lost to Dublin's Shelburne in the Champions League qualifiers. It was a huge, huge shock at the time. Well, not really, because Hajduk were playing crap at the time. From Croatia, of course, Hajduk split. Um, And we did part of that uh, documentary. It was a video documentary. um, And they have been producing top quality documentaries. So if you want to boost your English to learn more about sports listen to these guys because realistically it's not just great sports material it's also really good language acquisition as well i mean that's the kind of teacher me coming out okay uh raf diallo the best thing out of leitrim since well we're still trying to find out what has been great out of leitrim apart from the road to dublin or the road to roscommon even uh raf how are you doing this evening
1: i'm good i'm good boxy
3: boxy boxy what is boxy tell me what boxy is
1: it's a type of potato bread that we specialise in. Um, there's, there's not many boxy restaurants outside of Leitrim. There's one up in Dublin. If you're a tourist coming from Russia or whatever, um, the boxy house it's owned by a man from my hometown in Mohill. That's where you have to go.
3: Okay, so, uh, alright, that, that, that's quite good. I mean, there are lots of quite famous <laughs> people from. Uh, I mean, Patrick Magoon, the actor, he's from Leitrim. i didn't never do that. Yeah. Uh, Victor yeah. Victor Kostlo.
1: We, we, we've seen famous people, but uh, it's, uh, it's quite a small pool, obviously, given the size of the, the population. But Catherine Lynch, the comedian, um, and obviously we have a few Gaelic footballers from um, present day and back in the day as well, who obviously are quite well known.
3: Exactly. I mean, I, I was shocked. Victor Kostlo, who I actually went to, um, to uh, university with, um, and he used to live i think and i think he went to the olympics as well in bobsled or no sorry shopwood maybe or bobsled uh he's from rugby international he's from there as well um listen before we get on to the documentaries of course we now know the makeup of the world cup final in uh, the rugby out in japan yesterday england absolutely battered the all blacks for a well-deserved win um oddly I, i was actually supporting england i think everyone was um and of course, then today, Wales fell three points short against South Africa. So next week, uh, it's a third place playoff, third, fourth place playoff for, uh, well, between um, New Zealand and Wales. And of course, the, the for all the gold in the world is between England and South Africa. What do you reckon? I mean, do you think will England go all the way or do you think maybe the, the Safis will uh, trip them up? Um, South
1: Africa yeah, they're, they're wily enough South Africa, based on what I've seen um, at the tournament so far. Um, obviously, um, we, were all, we, we were expecting a war of attrition between themselves and Wales, just for the style of play that they have. And South Africa came out on top, but I think it's because Wales were kind of on their last legs a little bit. They've had a lot of injuries. South Africa, as I said, are wily, and they do have a bit more to their attack. But I just feel when it comes to facing England, what England did to New Zealand... What England did to New Zealand, I mean, if we would have been able to do that, would have been brilliant, but uh, England, England, are, England seemed primed heading into the tournament and Eddie Jones seems to have them, even as far back as Six Nations, they battered us in Dublin. Um, it seemed they were on a trajectory and we're seeing that now, so to be honest, for me, looking at the, the final, I can't really see past England. I think South Africa will give them more of a challenge, but than New Zealand did, but I think it'll be uh, England that'll uh, come out on top, unfortunately, if you're uh, from Ireland.
3: (laughs) All right, or Scotland or Wales or anywhere else, basically, that they've uh, had their foot in. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Listen, um, now, on to something serious. Uh, The documentaries, tell us what you've done, what they're about, and where people can listen to, because I've I've just bigged them up because I've been listening, you know, to to, to parts of course Of course, Team 33 is outstanding work. But these documentaries go even a step above that. So just tell us a little bit about them.
1: Yeah, so it's basically a series called the um, four-parter um, and this is um, all the credit anyway, first off, I have to say, it goes to Owen Brennan, who's been a colleague of mine at Newstalk for the last seven years or so. Um, so he's been doing a lot of documentaries over the years himself. He did one on Shelburne um, called Ollie's Reds, which won awards. He's done more award winning ones, not just sports, but he approached off the ball with the idea of doing a documentary series. And obviously just the type of sports coverage we do, it's quite well suited. So we came up with the, uh, with the classic and uh, it's four parts. Owen Shane, for those who listened to Off The Ball, would have noticed he was obviously over in Japan doing great work. Well, he was, before heading over, he was finishing a documentary called Brawl, um, which is about the Mayo um, Mead 1996 All-Ireland Final. And then I was doing one as well, um, called Champion. And Justin Snow as well, all of these are co-produced as well, us. Um, mine is about motor racing, so Neil Shanahan, uh, a racer who passed away in 1999 and then um, Owen Brennan himself was doing a documentary which went out today um, called A New Dawn in Dublin and Shane Hannon, another colleague of mine, did another um, just Ken Doherty story called um, That's For You, Ma'am. So there's quite a wide range, um, both obviously majority sports but also some minority sports in there as well.
3: No, uh, just just before um, mentioning your and there's the two of them that one I heard today, uh, and the one with uh, Ken Doherty. Now, Ken Doherty, of course, might would know that he was like uh, you know from Dublin. He won the world uh, championship in snooker. Well, you know, still, you know, was for a long time like one of the top in the world. Um, but there was a point where his family were so poor that they had yeah, they were avoiding the rent collectors, and they were like putting him out the window and basically being evicted onto the street. Um, is, that, is, that, is that correct? I mean, what else can you tell us about that, that um, documentary?
1: Well, that one, essentially, is, obviously 1997 is the, the crux of it, but what Shane's done is kind of looked at the, the before and after, and obviously um, it's family relationship as well. Now, it's the one documentary I haven't had a chance to listen to in full, but um, I know, like, for example, Shane went over... To Sheffield and um, to the Crucible did a lot of the interviews with Ken over there as well, and it's just essentially like with all of these docs that we're doing. It's you know there's there might be one core element, but it's there's a lot of layers that we're trying to unpick. And obviously Ken Doherty is somebody who has a lot of layers that you can pick up on, especially family and background, as you mentioned. Uh,
3: you're still there, Raf.
2: Yeah, still there.
3: Okay, um, okay, and Raf, on the one that the about the Dublin Dons now. Some of our listeners will be kind of, they'll be surprised about this. But also in Russia, we've had this in a couple of cases already. Uh, for example, the, the elevation of Krasnodar from a businessman's dream all the way to the Premier League at the expense of other like teams that are already working away for many, many years. But um, basically, this was that Wimbledon FC, uh, who, of course, were, had won the FA Cup many, many years ago um, and were still in the English Premier League. They wanted to move the club lock, stock and barrel to play out of Dublin. Um, why did they want to do that and why aren't they doing it now?
1: Well, as um, Owen's goes, uh, essentially there was a protest movement with a lot of League of Ireland clubs involved, rightly so as well, because obviously we had a league here and if you're bringing over a club from, you know, from abroad to essentially be a franchise in Dublin, that's not going to be good for our league. So, from the standpoint here, um, it was never going to happen. Also, UEFA were never going to greenlight it either because it's separate countries, separate jurisdictions, and it's not something that generally happens. I mean, we sometimes hear, say, if there's Catalan independence or something, maybe Barcelona will play in the French League and like that, but that's very, very unlikely. UEFA have jurisdictions and you kind of have to stick to them, and the documentary goes into all of that as well. Obviously, there were people, and anyone who has listened to it or will listen to it, Eamon Dumphy, a well-known pundit um, in this country, he was in for the idea, but to be honest, there was... There was too much opposition to it, and uh, as I said, the League of Ireland, in particular, the clubs that banded together, different people who were um, involved um, just made sure it wasn't going to go through.
3: Okay, I mean, okay, that's uh, an interesting one, but your one, um, I mean, motorsports, of course, we're, as I we said, we're counting down now to the Formula One, Started the Formula One. Ireland has always produced very interesting characters in motorsports, whether it be two wheel or four wheel. Um, you know, it's sort of always interesting characters. Why did you pick the man, uh, Shannon, that you did?
1: Um, it's a story I came across about, um, I'd say, six, seven years ago. Um, it's a tragic story in the way it kind of unfolded, but it was more like I've always had an interest in motor racing going back to childhood. Um, huge Formula One fan. I'm kind of like a child of the post Senate era. So I'm obviously, I'm like 30 now. So I was six or seven when it would have been kind of mid 90s when I started watching it. And you know, you had big names like Michael Schumacher, etc. We only had one Irish driver, Eddie Irvine, racing in Formula One. And me, I was always interested to see who else was out there. And it was just Googling different things I came across Neil's story. And he seemed to be one of the ones that potentially had the the wherewithal, maybe, to get Formula One if all things had worked out. But unfortunately, as we look in the documentary, he showed great potential and won championships in Ireland at a very tender age. He was not really here a couple of years in a row. Um, but just when he was starting to start his career in the British Championship, um, it, he was involved in a tragic accident and, and died on um, on track. So. Um, I suppose on, in that in that sense it was kind of a compelling story, but also it's the fact that the family are in, are heavily involved in the story as well. They're both interviewed, and uh, also all the people around them as well. And it's just um, it's it's quite a sad tale, but at the same time it's just an interesting one of how um, a motor racer can develop in this country in the in the nineteen nineties.
3: I mean I, I mean, I again, for for, for me, it was uh, Formula One. I mean, I, I would always watch it because you, there were drivers like Derek Daly, like you know, sort of from Northern Ireland when, when I was a kid and watching them driving, and there were always kind of these nearly... Ra- like, you know, sort of nearly there, nearly there drivers. And then, uh, of course, Eddie Irvine came in. But, of course, it's with the... Oh, we just seem to have dropped Raf right now. He's back on. Raf, you're back on with us? No? No? OK, we're going to get Raf back on in just one moment. Um, because, again... These, these stories, I mean, with, with Formula One, of course, we, we do understand that, you know, when everyone's watching the, the Grand Prix, like now, in uh, 11 minutes 28 seconds, so when it starts, people will be looking at the first corners to see what happens, see will it be a bit of a uh, smash, to see will something happen, because that's where people, you know, they, it's this kind of like morbid fa- fascination that we have with ca- crashes, with like uh, living life on the edge. And of course, Formula One drivers do live life on the edge. And even though, even though it was as we well saw with Bottas um, yesterday, he went off the track and smashed up, and luckily he was okay. Um, and, of course, his yellow flag, or when the, the drivers had to, as they call it, lift or slow down. Um, so Lewis Hampton slowed down he was coming by. Uh, Verstappen didn't. And he basically went through and uh, ended up on pole. But of course, because he didn't obey the rules, he didn't slow down when he was coming past to the crash. Um, immediately he was he was relegated back to to uh, fourth place. Now, why do people like Formula One? What is so interesting about it? Well, I guess I don't know. I guess one of the, the things that when I grew up it was just the fact that when you had um, Formula One races, you you know there was all the glamour around the pit lane and all the things that were happening. It was just wonderful all the time. So it was uh, it it was a, a, a super spectacle shall we say but there also is that kind of like that little bit of uh, brim fire around it um, Raph is back on with us Raph you're, you're there? Yeah?
1: Yeah, yeah no, I, I can hear you connection just uh, dropped in okay. my house which uh, is unfortunate
3: Listen, what I was saying was that um, I think interest in Ireland uh, grew, of course, when the Jordan team came in and and they they had these great drivers coming through um, when they had like, there always seemed to be like wild guys at the back of the pack. Um, And then they had, of course, Michael Schumacher who came in uh, to to, to make his debut with the Jordan and all these great drivers coming through, including Eddie Irvine. Um, Moving away from Formula One right now, I know you're going to sit down, you're going to watch the race. It's going to start in nine minutes, just over nine minutes, Raf, so I won't keep you on that much longer. Um, Looking across right now at the English Premier League, um, we're, like we're discussing quite a bit in the show, and like how things are going, how things are balancing out. Uh, do you do you hold out much much hope that the likes of uh, well that Solskjaer will be there by the end of the season, or that a Pochettino gets the boot that he'll be on his way um, across to Old Trafford?
1: Um, on the Solskjaer thing, it seems, and you can never really, you can never really, um, I guess, uh, trust boards in that sense. But you, where they give managers a vote of confidence, or the fact, oh, we're going to back them till the end of the season, that seems to be the message uh, the Man United board are giving in, in terms of Solskjaer. But we've heard that before, so it'd be hard to, it'd be hard to kind of back them one hundred percent in that sense. Pochettino, on the other hand, you kind of think. Trophies aside, or lack of trophies, he's done enough at Tottenham in terms of Champions League finals and or one Champions League final, and you know t- numerous top four finishes. That perhaps they could accept a season where they drop they drop out of that level. And also the noises he's been making is it seems to be the lack of support in terms of funding for signings is the issue. So it, you could you could see Pochettino at United, but I don't know. I would be doubtful that would happen mid season if
3: you know what I mean. OK, so you, you reckon he'll, he'll make it to the end of the season? Because we, we, we've all been hearing all the stuff that's going on, fights in the dressing room and Harry Kane going at Jan Vertonghen and Ericsson wanting to leave and not wanting to leave. So there's so much going on around the club. You may, like, it's very tough for someone who, uh, like Pochettino, is of a, well, it seems to be quite a straight shooter that now he's, he's trying to juggle. Um, but I don't think that'll get any better in United, will it? Because he'll be juggling the people above him and the guys all around him as well
1: yeah because the problem Solskjaer has as well um for example dealing with ed woodward um who is obviously the the key figure the key figure on the board especially when it comes to transfers and it's a, that that is a problem they'd have to deal with they would probably need to bring in a, a direct director of football of some sort um to act as a bridge in between but that was something they muted in the summer and they haven't done yet and Pochettino would be used to working in that type of system so it wouldn't be just a case of bringing Pochettino in. You just need to restructure, the I suppose, the transfer activity of the club and the way the board is set up, or I suppose the set up between the board and the uh, the first team.
3: Okay, that is great. Thank you. Listen, uh, Ralph, before we let you go, um, are you looking forward to the uh, Connacht semi-final against either London or Common?
1: Uh, well if it's uh, if it's uh, Leitrim's uh, if it's for Leitrim yes looking forward but uh, at the same time I wouldn't uh, hold out much hope
3: well we'll see we'll see I think, I think you'll catch Mayo at the right time in the quarter final listen Raf thank you very much and folks we're going to tweet out uh, and message it where to have a listen to those uh, documents because they really are worth your time Ralph, thank you very much and have a great evening enjoy the Formula 1 thanks Alan best of luck thank you Okay, that was Raf Dall, of course, from Off the Ball and News Talk in Dublin. Right, we're going to go to the break right now because Alex B. He is waiting for us. He's working himself up, and this is his workout song. This is Black Way and Black Caviar. What's up danger? Back with Alex B. after the break.
0: Capital Sports
2: with Alan Moore.
0: Yeah, you know they got it up.
2: Now I wear them like a badge on all my clothes. If I'm crazy, I'm on my own. If I'm waiting, it's on my phone. If I sound lazy, just ignore my tone. Cause I'm always gonna answer when you call my phone. Like, what's up danger?